Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is John Van Lunen, and you are listening to Treasures of the Outer Banks, episode 17. In this episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with my friend, Audrey Creed. Like a lot of us on the Outer Banks, she wears many hats. Uh, one, she's an author. She wrote The Parker House, which is a children's mystery. And she is also co-owner of 12th Street Portraits, which is a family photography company based out of Kerala, taking summer photographs of families on the Outer Banks, typically. And she is also the owner of Outer Banks Mom, which is a website informing, educating and informing mothers and family members and people what to do, where to go, what to see on the Outer Banks. So we had a great opportunity to sit down. I should make one small correction before you get started, and that is at the very beginning here, I say that Arch Place is in Nags Head. I don't know why I said that. Uh, I guess because my old company's in Nags Head, and that sometimes I just default to Nags Head a lot. It's in Kitty Hawk. It's right around milepost three and a half or so, um, and so uh, it is right next door to Winks. So sorry to uh, get people lost trying to find Arch down in Nags Head. It's not in Nags Head. It's in Kitty Hawk. Anyway, I think we had a great time sitting down. I think you'll like this podcast. So sit back and enjoy. Joey tossed and turned all night. He was still thinking about why Violet wasn't answering him, and every time he woke up throughout the night, he would check his phone to see if she had responded. He knew it was early, but he texted Finn back. Hey, sorry. Want to get breakfast? I'll meet you at Arts in an hour and fill you in. Finn replied, and after Joey took Jet for a run around the neighborhood, he showered and hopped on his bike toward Arts. He'd been craving the Monte Cristo sandwich since the day Penelope and Mitch went missing. His stomach rumbled the entire way there. Joey parked his bike along the side of the fence at Arts. Finn's bike was already there, so Joey heard inside. Miss Tammy was already working on the grill. I've got a well-done Cristo coming your way, kiddo. Thank you, Miss Tammy. You're the best. Don't thank me. He ordered for you, honey. Joey gave Finn the same half-handshake, half-high-five that his dad gave Mudgy the night before and grabbed a chair. And that is from the Parker House by Audra Krieg, and I have Audra Krieg with me. Thanks for coming out today. Thanks for having me. Hopefully I didn't butcher that up too bad for you, but I picked that one out because it just kind of paints a picture of our, our culture, the one you and I live right here on the Outer Banks. Arts does exist. Um, do they have a Monte Cristo sandwich? They do. They have a Monte Cristo <laughs> okay. sandwich, yeah. And uh, they are in Nags Head. I guess that's right around mile post three and a half, three, three and a half maybe. And, uh, and they are right next door to Winks, which is another popular landmark. Um, so tell me a little bit about writing the Parker House and, you know, just weaving in some of those local landmarks. Yeah, so um, the Parker House is actually really like a combination of stories that I told my Joey, who's my now 18-year-old son. But when we first moved to the Outer Banks, um, which was almost about 12 years ago now, um, he was really miserable right. living here. Um, we had moved from... Pittsburgh in a neighborhood where all the kids kind of live in very close quarters and they're always outside and you know we moved here and it's kind of like well where does everybody really live you know we lived in a great neighborhood but there weren't it wasn't crawling with kids and he just really wasn't feeling it and he was having trouble making friends and every night was a struggle and um, so this you know kind of came about where I would just tell these stories about Joey on adventures throughout the Outer Banks, a lot of times in kayaks or crabbing or, you know, spending time kind of in like our, our backwaters of the sound and the canals and things like that. And um, I'd weave 
children who were in his class into these stories to kind of show him that, like, look, they are your friends. Go make friends with them. Um, and that's pretty much how it came to be. Um, and this, in this book, The Parker House, um, Joey and Finn are really modeled after my Joey and a kid who became one of his best friends. Cool. Um, so it's, it's kind of near and dear to my heart for right. that reason. And is there, is there some truth to him just hopping on his bike and riding down to Art's place for breakfast? And oh, stuff? yeah. I think that was a really hard <laughs> thing as a parent on the Outer Banks. Like, <laughs> hey, I'm just going to go to the beach and meet my friends. I'm like, no, you're 11. You can't go to the beach by yourself. You know, like right. that was like just such a normal thing for kids to just like hop on their bikes with a surf, you know, a surfboard or a fishing pole and like they're out for the day. Right. That's just normal here, which is great. But, you know, coming from... A, a city. It's a very different normal. I was like, that can't be, you know, that can't be right. You can't do that, you know. Exactly. I know exactly what you mean, having raised three kids on the Saturbanks. Um, so the nighttime stories, they started with Joey. Do they continue with the rest of your kids? Yeah, so our other three daughters, um, they love bedtime stories also. Their stories are more unicorns and rainbows <laughs> and less, you know, you know, ghost stories in the woods. But um yeah. But yeah, I mean, they, they love a good bedtime story too and um, love to be read too also. But I, I just really feel like um, there's like some connection in the totally. stories that I get to tell my kids and make them, you know, the star of the book. And, you know, cool. there's lots of books out there too now where you can buy them and, you know, personalize them. Like, right? you know, Eloise's Day Out and it's about a little girl who looks just like your little girl, you know, and you can personalize it and order it online and... Because kids like to be the, the star of the show. They like to, you know, be the one that the story's about, so. Right. Very cool. Do you read, so now you have three kids, varying ages, three, three girls at home, I should say. Do you, do you just have one sit-down nighttime story? Or do you have to give a, a, an individual story to each kid? Yeah, the nighttime routine <laughs> in our house is a long one. Um, <laughs> each child has their own room, their own, you know, all of our girls, so they're, 10, almost six, and almost three. And um, they are all different bedtimes. Yep. So they all get their own, you know, Routine, time yeah. with me and either a book or, or with their, you know, my husband, Jason. Like, okay, so, so you do the individual stuff and dad does participate. Um, do you try to incorporate messages or just strictly adventures, typically? So sometimes messages kind of depends on what the girls are going through at this point. Um, I think a lot of times with kids, like, Bedtime is the key to the vault. You can pick them up from school and say, how was your day? And they say, good. What did you learn? Nothing. Right. You know, but you lay them down in bed and you snuggle them up and they're like, here's what you need to know. Here's everything. And whether it's a, a stall tactic for bedtime or it's really just like, okay, I've had time to process my day and here's right. what I need to discuss. Right. So I really try to like weave those kinds of things into bedtime stories. Um, you know, how could we have learned from that? How can we do better tomorrow? You know, simple things like that. I remember once when um, Joey was about maybe six, five or six, he was in kindergarten. Um, he took something from the art room um, and it wasn't anything of value. It was a tiny little scrap of a magazine that other students had cut up for their project. But he saw this little scrap that had a Super Mario Brother on it, and he wanted this scrap. So he took it. He didn't have permission to take it, but he stuck it up his sleeve. And when he got home that afternoon, and he went to take off like a, a long sleeve shirt and put a t-shirt on for the day, um, this, this scrap fell out of his sleeve. And I 
asked him about it and he said, oh, nothing, that's mine, it's, it's just nothing. And by bedtime, it had become this giant guilt of like, <laughs> I had this and I stole it, I saw it, I stole it, I had to have it, you know, and it wasn't mine and I made him, you know, take it back the next day to the art teacher. And again, it's this tiny little scrap of sure. magazine, it's nothing of value, but he took it without permission, it wasn't his. And like getting to weave things in to the Parker house like that. I mean, when you read the book, you'll, you'll read that, you know, Violet stole something and she stuck it up her sleeve and it wasn't <laughs> of anything of value, but she wanted it. She wanted, she was curious yeah. about it. And so she, she takes, you know, an old newspaper is essentially what she takes. But, um, so, you know, I, I think like kind of weaving things like that in that are lessons, um, is important to me. Right. And I had a thought while you were talking about, you know, talking to kids and something that I learned after my kids were too old to be put to bed was um, when you're sitting around the kitchen table, ask them, instead of asking them how their day went, which is always fine, what'd you do? Nothing. Is what was the funniest thing that happened today? And it just makes the, it pulls out one specific event and maybe they expand on that. And uh, I don't know. I wish I'd learned that one a long time ago. Yeah, it makes them laugh. <laughs> I like that. We, um, we're we very competitive in the Creek household. So we say, who had the best day? Oh, and instantly everyone raises their hand like, oh, That's it was good. definitely me. You know? <laughs> and um, and whether they had the best day or not, they are going to compete for the title of and, having And the that probably uh, improves their storytelling skills. Yeah, yes. I mean, sometimes. Sometimes it's... <laughs> Like, sometimes you, you know. got to pry it out of them. <laughs> but I like that. The funniest thing that happened. I'm going to use that one tonight. Let's see. So do you have an author that you kind of model yourself after or a storyteller? And if so, who would that be? So my late grandfather, um, when I was a kid, he was into photography, he was into woodworking, and he loved to write. And um, when he passed away, I was in high school, and he had a half-written novel. Wow. Um, and my grandmother gave it to me. Um, and just reading that and, you know, seeing, like, his deep inner thoughts and, like, where his mind was going, but I, it's not complete. Mm. Um, that really inspired me to, you know, put pen to paper and, and get the the stories out of my head and onto paper so that my kids someday might be able to share them with their own kids. Sure. Um, so definitely my grandfather and, um, locally, I think, um, Joseph Terrell, who, um, passed away about a year ago. He, um, is the author of the Harrison Weaver mysteries, um, that all take place, you know, locally. Um, Did you say Harrison Weaver? Harrison Weaver mysteries. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He, um, oh, did he write a whole bunch of books? Yeah, a whole bunch of books. Um, and he and did was, he live here in Southern Shores? He lived in Southern Shores for a little while, um, and then he lived, um, you know, a, a few miles away okay. after that. But, um, yeah, and it's interesting. My mom lived in a neighborhood where he lived and wow. was able to introduce me to him. In Pittsburgh? Um, no, 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 um, oh. like 10 minutes away from here. Okay. Um, and he you know, I was able to get introduced to him and to get to know him a little bit. And just the way that he encouraged and was like, just get out of your head with it. Just go, just go do it. You don't sure. need, you know, a $50,000 sign on bonus. You don't need a million, you know, 
people ready to read it. You just just do it right. and see what happens. And he he always was very encouraging, um, you know, just as an author, but also just like as a creative person. Um, and and shared a lot of good stories. Um, he would go to Paris annually to write, and um, now I go to Ocracoke, not as glamorous <laughs> as Paris. That's, that's but your budget. Now, yeah, now I go to Ocracoke um, all completely solo, which is amazing, um, every year, and I just take it as creative time to write or to like come up with new ideas. Um, Do you have a system like get up, breakfast, walk, write, 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 write? Lunch break, right, 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 right. So I am a night owl by nature. So my system is like stay up as late as humanly possible yeah. until you can't anymore. Um, and that's that's how I operate on a daily basis. Um, but I usually wake up in the morning and, you know, I'll, I'll go to the beach or I'll visit town, um, grab a cup of coffee in Ocracoke, um, and then head back to wherever I'm staying. Um, last year I stayed um, at the castle and... It was amazing, but... What's it called? The castle. It's um, like a little bed and breakfast. Okay. Um, but I was one of the only ones there. <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever been... I'm sorry, what time of year? Um, it was in... Let's see. What month? It was, it was probably January. Okay. Yeah. So pretty quiet. Yes. So I was one of the only ones there. And if you've ever stayed in a bed and breakfast almost by yourself, like there might be somebody in a completely other room gets a little creepy, which then also factor in that you're trying to write like local mystery ghost stories, you know, mine starts getting a little crazy. Yeah. I was like, wait, I think I should probably leave. Like, this is not right. I'm here by myself. Who else is here? Yeah. Who's here with me? Um, like checking under the bed before I went to sleep. Like, but. Okay. So, so you had, uh, uh, the Harrison Weaver mystery series kind of inspiring you, your grandfather inspiring you. That's, that's great stuff. And obviously what, you know, what I appreciated about the, uh, the book is you kind of weave in the local culture, you know, the kids going to the beach, hanging out by the pier or whatever, local problems you're talking about housing old, you know, the classic landmarks being torn down, being replaced by some money greedy yeah. person or something like that. Um, so, so is, are those in the stories that you tell at night or so did I that think, just kind of work really well for this story? Yeah. Yeah. That just kind of organically came as I was writing. Um, you know, we, we obviously needed to have a reason why these kids cared about this old house. Why, why do they care if it gets torn down or not? Um, and I love that, you know, Penelope comes in, um, and she's from out of town and she's like, yeah, my dad's going to make so much money off of this. She doesn't see it. But by the end of the book, she is thrilled to know that it's, you know, going to end differently. <laughs> Let's right. put it that way. Right. Right. Um, so, you know, I think that a lot of people, when, when you visit the Outer Banks, you can kind of see how it's a beautiful place and there's room for improvement, sure. But we don't need every improvement that people from out of town think that we need. Um, and I, I think like kind of weaving a little bit of that in because I don't know about you, but raising kids here, like we'll be driving down, down, you know, 158 and they're like, why are they cutting down all those trees? And I'm like, well, sounds like we're getting a, sh- a sugar kingdom, you know, <laughs> and they're, they are miserable about it. They're like, no, but now those people are going to have a, a building behind their house. I'm like, 
yep, they are. <laughs> and like, but we yeah. could see the ocean from here. Now we're not going to. Yeah. And, you know, they really do care about, you know, the, the landscape, the culture, right. the wildlife, all of it. They, the yeah. kids here really care. I don't remember caring about that stuff as a kid. Yeah, I'm like, cool, we're getting a new neighbor, you know? Now, if, if uh, I was the kind of kid that played in the woods, and, and if they were going to tear down the woods and build a development, I'd be bummed out about that. Yeah, yeah. But, we uh, loved we But loved we didn't like have the commercialism, the like, up front and center like you do around here. Yeah, where it's, like, next door to somebody's, you know, right. forever home. I, you know, my the previous uh, podcast episode I had was Will Thorpe. And if you, I told him before we started recording that I missed the old rundown. And do you remember the old rundown? Yeah. Okay, Brick Shack, you know. But but what I miss about it was that when you came up the hill and you took a left to go to Duck and Kerala, there was a little golf course there. And okay, so it's a miniature golf course. All right, a little tacky, but it looked cool. It had palm trees or whatever, and you could see the ocean. Yeah. Hilton Garden Inn wasn't in, and you, when you turned and made the corner, you're up at the top of the hill, and you could just see the ocean. And how cool was that when you came to the Outer Banks? So beautiful. It was one of the first things you saw, you know? And... And of course, Rundown was right behind the uh, the miniature golf course, and and now you can't see the ocean more or less. <laughs> now you have a Walgreens there, and it's not just a little Walgreens; it's, it's an enormous Walgreens, Walgreens. Yeah. Um, probably about four times bigger than it needs to be. I hate to slam businesses around here, but <laughs> I know, and and I think I I almost always hesitate to talk about local problems because they're almost always somebody local people, somebody that you know, <laughs> you know, and. Yeah. Um, it, it's tough. Like you, you kind of want to be like, well, I'm having this problem with this business. And then it's like, wait, do you know anybody who owns this business before I start talking? <laughs> so I don't, I mean, we have lots of great local business owners. Yeah. I'd say the majority of them are, but every once in a while you, you really question something. Maybe. You're like, but you got to yeah. keep your mouth shut yep. because it could be your neighbor's business and you wouldn't even know. I was, I was reading an interview with a Hawaiian surfer and they said in Hawaii, you don't want to, flip the bird to somebody else that's driving down the road because there's a good chance you might know that person. <laughs> yeah. And I think the same thing on the Outer Banks. Like, you know, I, I need to be patient out here. Just there's a good chance I might know one of these people. <laughs> yep. so, um, so that's that's most of the book. I, you know, uh, I didn't want to turn this into a, a book club kind of uh, meeting where we, we break down the entire book. But it's, it's a fantastic book for, for young people. Um, if, if you know the Outer Banks, you'll love it. If you don't know the Outer Banks, I think it's still a great story. Um, it's just a fun story about a kid and his adventures, um, living at the beach. And I can, I can vouch and say that, um, a lot of these things do kind of happen. <laughs> you, know? you might not find a, a haunted house with secret passages, but there's a lot of things <laughs> that you'll find, uh, on this beach. And so there are plans to write a couple more books. You have started these books, but... As, as I can vouch as a parent of three, that when you have a family and you're chasing kids around, your free time gets gobbled up pretty quickly. So, so those, those next editions might be a little a while in the making. Well, I'm hoping like within the year, um, I think, you know, we're, we're talking earlier about um, COVID and, and how that just really slowed everything down. I feel like just our general routine of like, when does mom work? <laughs> really changed and um you know some changes for the better some not so much but of course um the two books that i had coming directly after the parker house um lighthouse cove and island Campout, they were ready 
to go. And then, you know, COVID happened and banned books happened and all sorts of different <laughs> things happened. And I just really got in my head. Um, and I'm, I'm going to work on getting out of that, that creative rut. But, um, but yes, they are, they are coming. Okay. We'll dust them off. Yes, and... dust them off. And... <laughs> Excellent. Can't wait. Um, if somebody wants to buy your book, where what's a good place to get it? So locally, um, we've got it at the the um, locally we have it at the Curatech Lighthouse Bookstore, um, gift shop, um, Ducks Cottage, Downtown Books, and it's on Amazon. Um, and you can hit outerbanksmom.com and find it there. Excellent. And uh, I'm pretty sure I got mine from Amazon just because I'm lazy, but. I'm making a better effort of going to the local places and supporting those guys as well because I think yes. they do a great job. Yeah, our um, our downtown books and Ducks Cottage is like just so valuable to this community. Yeah. I mean, even again, not to not to keep going back to COVID, but during COVID, they were like, "Let us know which books you want, and we will bundle them up and drop them <laughs> off." Like we're we want you to have books during yeah. this time, and yeah. I just think that was really cool the way that they step up for the community. Nice. Um, so let's switch gears a little bit. Tell me about OBX Mom. So Outer Banks Mom was kind of born as a um, a way to connect with my family, who when we moved here, they were all kind of like, wait a minute, you just quit life and moved to the beach with, you know, a seven-year-old, which is sort of what we did. Um, we just kind of, we, my husband and I, Jason, we were born and raised in Pittsburgh, um, high school sweethearts. Um, and then we just didn't want to live there anymore. And, um, so we just decided like, Hey, we love the Outer Banks. Let's move there. So we moved down here, um, with one job between the two of us just to kind of see if we could make it work and we've made it work. Um, but I think in the beginning there, everybody that, you know, who's still living like this very status quo life, like never stepped outside of their comfort zone yeah. was like, what in the world are you doing? Right. Are you a barefoot hippie that just quit life and stays on the beach all day? And as it turns out, I was trying to show like, no, that's not what I'm doing. And as it turns out, that's kind of what we do. Um, but, you know, we have a good time with it. We um, we share like beach adventures. We share little secrets like why is the sand black on the Outer Banks right now? And, you know, I'm trying to think of different, <laughs> you know, like the... Um, mermaids necklaces that have the little baby conch shells in, inside right. of them. Um, things like that, that people are like, oh, I've seen that a hundred times on the Outer Banks, but had no idea why or what it is. Um, we kind of just share that in a kid-friendly way. Um, share restaurants that we love and, you know, businesses that we love. Um, but yeah, that's really what Outer Banks Mom started as and kind of organically grew into this thing that other people were following, not just people that I knew personally, um, but you know, was, was being found. And then, um, when the television show, the Outer Banks came out, it was kind of funny, like how quickly my blog right? grew. Um, and the views would go from like maybe a thousand a day to like 80,000 a day. And I was like, Oh, what do we do with that? <laughs> like, we should figure out what to do with that. I don't know what to do with that, right. but somebody should figure that out. Um, but you know, it's just fun. It's really nice to just be a connection to people who don't get to spend every single day here. Maybe work really, really hard to spend one week, yeah. you know, a year here. Um, and I get to kind of sh share with them what duck looks like in the winter time when it's decorated for Christmas and sure. you know, little things like that. So sure. very cool. 
So that's just another little side hustle you got. <laughs> but your, your primary hustle is photography. Um, uh, family photography, sessions on the beach typically. Yep. So um, I have co-owned 12 Street Portraits for the last 12 years. Um, and we are based in Kerala, which is the northern part of the Outer Banks, um, and absolutely love working there. We have clients that we've captured their family photos for 12 years consistently um, and just wow. watched their kids grow. We've watched... Do you have a studio up there or no? We had a studio for a little while in Timbuktu, and then um, it just really became more of like something we had to be at, yeah. and it was just taken away from yeah. you know family time Understood. and things like that. So we did dissolve that, but... Um, yeah, I mean, we we stay really busy in the summertime, um, like pretty much April to the end of September, we are hitting the ground running and don't come up for air until like September, October, which is... How many sessions a day do you do in the summertime? So it really depends, um, you know, on our staff and, and that kind of thing. But typically, I personally do about nine to 12 sessions per day. Um, and we have kind of mastered the art of the mini session so a 30 minute session on the beach is a lot of time for photos when you know what you're doing you've done right. it a million times um you know certainly you could fill an hour you could fill two i know a lot of photographers who love like a longer session but um, katie my business partner and i have just really gotten good at these mini sessions and so that is pretty much our favorite thing to offer we do offer longer things we do weddings all that good stuff but that the art of the mini session is really, really important, especially when you're on vacation. You don't want to spend all this vacation time getting right. your family photos taken. You don't want to go back to the studio and pick out the prints and, you know, use your vacation money on buying a canvas. It's really more of like a you're in and out, you know, get your family photos, have some fun, laugh along the way, and see you later. And one of the things I'm most proud about with our business and how we run things is that we really try not to add stress to the family photo dynamic. I mean, I don't know about you, but if I tell Jason that we're going to get family photos, he's like, great, <laughs> cool. Didn't we do those last year? I'm like, we sure did. And we're doing them again this year, you know? And he knows, I mean, they're just important to watch your kids grow and just to have them throughout sure. the years. But nine times out of 10, dad doesn't want to get his photo taken. So if you make it short and sweet, you know, and tell them that the Corral of Your Garden is right across the street. <laughs> then they're pretty happy. Yeah. So reduce that pain point. Yeah. So, so one so of the I mean, best. So are you are you pretty much in the same location? Yeah. Ideally all day, and just people come and go. Yeah, and not necessarily all day, but um, for about you know two hours in the morning, three hours in the in the okay. you know evening, um, and you know it works out great. And so often we get people who say like, "Oh my gosh, this is actually really fun." Right. You know, we just try to keep it like lighthearted and fun. Come on out to the beach and see you later. It's not like I'm, I'm coming to your beach house and, you know, make sure everybody's ready at this time. And it's, you know, it, it, we just really try to take the stress out of it and have everybody just kind of, it's like an excursion. You come to our spot, you have your photos taken and you leave. And then there's another family waiting. Do you so. do, you do uh, some kind of um, recon with, not recon, but intel gathering beforehand so you'd know the know the party i mean or so we try to book people um either over the phone or you know over email and just really kind of get to know like why are you guys here have you been to the outer banks before are you celebrating anything who do you have with you right. um that kind of thing and then we just have keep that in our notes and yeah. 
you know? That's exactly what I'm asking. Yeah, it's just... Because that would, to me, in my mind, that would shorten that uh, period when they show up, yeah. you know? We don't need to go through the whole ramble of, yeah. hi, my name is Audrey type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> we've already talked several times or communicated yeah. several times. Yeah, yeah. We've already had, had some dialogue and um, gotten to know each other a little a little bit. Um, and, you know, we try to put up a lot of information about ourselves on our website just so that people kind of know, like, who they're meeting, you know? Yep. I think it's really important for people to feel comfortable. And Absolutely. Katie and I are both moms. She has three kids under the age of eight and I obviously have a very wide range of right. ages 18 10 almost six and almost three so um you know I think our collective experience as moms really makes us better photographers right. and right. more understanding to like okay this isn't working right now this child wants to play let's just get playful pictures then and you'll be happy that you have playful pictures right. rather than ones that are Screaming. Everyone's stressed out. And that kid is, you can tell the dad has a death grip on that kid's arm to keep him still. You know, just go play, have fun. Right. So, right. I, I wish I had, as you know, I, I used to be a preschool PE teacher. One of the best. <laughs> the only and the best. And, um, <laughs> but I wish I had gone through that training before I became a parent. I think I would have been a bit, better parent. <laughs> I could have been more entertaining, I would have had fun games. In preschool, I was able to uh, basically experiment with, okay, what's fun, what's not fun, you know, how are we going to deal with these kids? Anyway, um, so I'm glad to hear that that's going well. And, wh and what is that website we can find you at for photography? So that's 12thstreetportraits.com. Excellent. And do you, I'm sure you, you highly recommend pre-books. Uh, how far in advance should people book for you? Um, you know... We, de we definitely recommend the pre-books. That's actually one of the reasons why we kind of nixed the studio in the end is people were coming in the same day saying like, hey, can I get pictures tomorrow? Yeah. Or, you know, um, and by that point we were already booked. So I'd say like usually about a month out is, is, a, is a safe bet. Um, right. You know, but always call. There's, you know. You never know. You never know. There might be a cancellation. Right. <laughs> is sunset like a peak time? Do you, and do they pay more? get their pictures at sunset nope you don't pay more um it just gave you an idea for a business yeah. <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> i'm gonna call katie real quick um so it's it's the same you know whether it's sunrise sunset you know if you want 9 a.m that's when your kids are happy you know you'll kind of get glittery water at 9 a.m on the beach you know or in the evening you'll get that golden hour where it's just like that that gold glow that, that orange, everybody wants yeah. yeah excellent okay so that's pretty much just first come first serve for that yeah. Got it. Okay. It, anything else you want to push? Do you want to talk about your, your latest venture or is that <laughs> deep secret right now? No, we can touch on that. So one of the coolest things about um, having Outer Banks Mom is um, the connection that I get to make to people on Instagram. And Instagram has given me a pretty big audience um, where I have about 17,000 followers, wow. but really my reach hits about 50,000 people a day. Wow whether they choose to follow or not, right. <laughs> they do see, um, you know, what I post. That's just the way Instagram works now. And, um, so with that, I've just kind of been like toying with the idea of like, you know, like everybody in the world, how can I make money off of this? Right? right. And, um, one of the things that I have always thought was kind of interesting is, um, that my dad, when I was a kid was making his own wine and I was, I'm not a wine drinker, but I do like a hard seltzer every now and again. Right. And so I thought, what if I could make my own hard seltzer? Because I knew it was made with more of a champagne yeast or a nutrient grain alcohol. So um, 
my husband and I are launching Outer Banks Hard Seltzer, um, you know, at the beginning of next year. And that is the name. That is the name, Outer Banks Hard Seltzer. It's trademarked and everything, so. Um, but we are really excited about it. And um, just like kind of coming up with a new brand and working together with my husband, who is not not to knock him, but he's just not a creative person. He's very, very analytical. He is a finance director. He is, you know, we're right brain, left brain. Yep. And um, it's been really cool to get to create something with him and work on a project with him. Yeah, he's um, the business plan, and you're yeah, yeah. I mean, we, else. you're the artistic. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, we've just had fun, like kind of coming up with which flavors we wanted and taste testing and and things like that. Of course, you know, the taste testing is the uh, <laughs> hardest part of the job, you know. Right. But um, yeah, I mean, we're having a really good time with it, and um, I think it's going to be great and well received because who doesn't like a, a local beverage? That's right, and. Uh, are you thinking distribution distribution in stores or bars or both? Or do you have anything set up yet? Yeah, so we are going to be in stores first. Um, kind of chatting a little bit with Vuzik Fest, hoping to get in with them a little bit this year. I'm sorry, who? With Vuzik Fest. The, oh, oh um, that big concert thing? Yeah, yeah, the Summer Music Festival. I, ne- I never made it down there. I saw the signs, but never, never found it. Yeah, their, their concerts, I mean... I'm so blown away by what they've been able to do. Um, actually, Brad and Rebecca would be great on this podcast. Wait, um, who? <laughs> Brad and Rebecca Myers, they're amazing. They started Vuzik uh, Fest. And actually, um, Vuzik started as um, you know something at the, the Hilton Garden Inn in Kitty Hawk. It was music with a view during COVID. Um, you know, all the music festivals had been canceled. Yeah. So right there in the courtyard, they threw a concert and you could watch it from your balcony. I, I must have missed that memo. It was pretty neat. So anyways, you know, they've just kind of pulled together this awesome, awesome uh, music festival and it's been great. So you're going to be one of the featured drinks at Music uh, v- Fest. Well, I don't, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> if I'm there yet. You heard it here like first. <laughs> I would like to be. Gotcha. And uh, I'm sorry, you said the stores. Did you have bars set up yet, or have you talked to people at all yet about that? So yeah, so um, our initial investment of how many cans and how many cases we can buy um, is really kind of keeping us out of bars for now. Gotcha. Um, but we are hoping that by the summertime, okay, you know, we'll be able to get so into the bars and things like that. Wait and see how things evolve, and yeah. we'll kind of go from there. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Anything else? So I should say. Um, before we kind of wrap this up is if you have noticed Audra has several things going on in her life Um, I can vouch for this as being a parent on the Outer Banks very normal if you don't have three (laughs) jobs you're not doing it right yeah Uh, if if you have one job you got really lucky because you got one place that's taking care of your income but um, she's got a couple things and maybe not all of them are just pouring income into her uh, pockets, but uh, it is kind of the angle we have. I know I've had three or four jobs. Uh, you know, uh, seasonal stuff comes and goes. You know, you put down one thing, you pick up the other. So very normal. So if you want to re- relocate to the Outer Banks, <laughs> plan to work. I hope you have a wide skill set, and uh, you can you can do a few different things there. Yeah, it's um, funny. Outer Banks Mom is probably the only thing that is a full year long, right? You know, avenue. Everything else is. In little pockets, I write in the winter. I, you know, create new projects in the winter time, and I take photos in the summertime. Right. That's about it. Yep. So. Yep. 
And once and once you start taking pictures, I'm sure everything else gets put on the back burner. Oh, for sure, for sure. <laughs> All right. Um, anything else you want to wrap up with, Audra? Um, I don't know. I guess that's really it. I appreciate you having me on today and um, chatting with you. I feel like the people need to know that you are the best Mr. John preschool <laughs> gym teacher that there ever was. If, if we could only trademark that and multiply myself, <laughs> uh, we might have another business There might plan be an opening. Going. I'll have to ask all these teachers when I pick her up this That's afternoon. right. That's right. <laughs> See how bored I get this winter. I might have to come back. All right. Well, thanks for coming out today, Audra. I appreciate your time. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right. I appreciate Audra sitting down and having a talk with me today. I should highly recommend that you check out some of her businesses. Remember, she is Outer Banks Mom. She also have a, a huge inner Instagram account, Outer Banks Mom. Check it out. She also does 12th Street Portraits. Check out that website. And of course, you can find the Parker House book either online at Amazon or her website, Outer Banks Mom, or you can pick it up at one of our local stores. This week's call to action is leave a review or rating of the podcast episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you didn't enjoy it, you can form a single file line behind my wife and kids. You definitely won't be alone there. Also, please tell a friend about Treasures of the Outer Banks. Uh, check it out. And while you're there, sign up for our weekly emails. We'll send you a weekly email. Hopefully we won't overload your mailbox with a bunch of crap. And you can sit down and enjoy some of the things that we're experiencing on the Outer Banks. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this episode. And until next time, make it a good one.